And on that note, let's talk about Jesus for a second. All right, so let me ask you guys one more question, okay? So we got those five, and maybe you put like one through five, but let, let me ask you this. If one of those up there was, where would you rank your relationship with God? If, like, if your most important thing was, I want a closer relationship with God, I'm not going to ask you to shout it out. I'm not going to ask you to put numbers up in the air or anything like that, but wh- where would you rank that? Maybe, for a lot of us here, guys, I'll just be really honest. Like For me, I, I would put that number one. Hands down, number one, absolutely. But then somebody comes and they say, a year's supply of Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, ooh, that's going to be hard. Or somebody comes and brings me all that, my dream vacation, my, my, my concert. I'm, I'm going to see Backstreet Boys, not going to lie. I, and I get my Disney Channel movie and show, and I, I get all those things. Man, like, am I still going to hold on to that? Is that still going to be my number one? Listen to me, it's easy, listen to me guys, it's easy to say that this is number one when we're here at church, but guys, are we living that out in our day-to-day lives? Is that truly the most important thing about our lives? Is that the most important, most defining characteristic about us? Does our calendar, does our checkbook, does all those things, does that say that this is number one in our lives, okay? So tonight, we're talking about this concept called idolatry, okay? Now, if our, who here, by show of hands, has heard that word before, idolatry, Everybody, some of y'all, Drew Stass, what up, bro? Hey, Drew, uh, if I were to give you season tickets to any, uh, any team, where are you going? Like any team? Any team. Mississippi State Bulldogs? Probably. Okay, very nice. You can have a seat. That's better than Javen's pick. Anyways, sorry. I'm just kidding. All right, so here we go. What were we talking about? Uh, hey, idolatry. So if I were to ask what the word idolatry means, shout it out. What does that look like? What does that mean? Worshiping idols. Javen, what you got? Okay. Anybody else? Anything other than worshiping idols? Having idols, dreaming. Okay, cool. Here's what I want us to think about. This is our our quick definition, okay? Idolatry is worshiping as God what isn't. All right? Worshiping as God what isn't. So, guys, that can be anything. That can be anything. Hey, we might love Alabama-Auburn football. And we can live our lives in such a way where that becomes our God. We may love going to school and hanging out with our friends, and we can live our lives in such a way where that's our idol. We can, we can love going on vacation, doing all those things. We can live our lives in such a way that that becomes an idol. Because from the very beginning of time, when God set forth and he said the Ten Commandments, commandment number one, you shall have no other gods except for me. That God is a God who is awesome, who is worthy, who is holy, who deserves that number one place for, for in our lives, okay? So we're going to look, we're going to finish up our Live Sent series tonight. We're in Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, and we're going to look at two occasions of idolatry here in this chapter, and we're going to see two different responses from these groups of people, okay? So Acts chapter 19, while you're turning there, the very first occasion that we have is earlier, kind of midway in Acts chapter 19, and it is about this group called the Sons of Sceva, okay? Now, to kind of like summarize a little bit about what these guys did, okay? Basically what these guys were, the Bible says these were Jewish exorcists, okay? Basically how we need to think about this are these are guys who they followed Jesus, but they also incorporated some magic, some hocus-pocus, some things like that, and, and they loved this as well, okay? So, so basically, it is case in point, what we do in our lives a lot of times as well. They're following Jesus and fill in the blank right here. 
And what they're doing is they're trying to go out and, and they're, they're performing exorcisms. They're trying to like cast out demons in, in people's lives and everything. And they're going about it, not in the name of Christ, but also trying to do it with these magic spells, these hocus-pocus things, under their own power as well, okay? And there's this moment where the, these seven guys go to this guy who was possessed by a demon, and they're trying to you know, do all their you know, magic, who's he, what's he, all that stuff, to cast this demon out. And the demon even looks at them and says, okay, I know Jesus, I know Paul, Paul, you know, the guy who we've talked about these last few weeks, I know Jesus, I know Paul, I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now. Mess out of these guys, bloodied mess, they, they run away. But here's the thing, here's what happens out of this, okay, in verse 18, it says this, it says, also, many of those who are now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced the magic arts brought their books together and they burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value and found it came to about 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Listen to me, guys. There's sometimes in our lives when bad things happen to other people that God can use that to teach us a lesson so that we can learn some things from this, okay? So what happens here is these guys right here, they're kind of following the same thing. But they see what happened to these guys. They see what happened to their brothers here. And they said, whoa, I need to do some checking in my life. I need to get some things right in my life. I need to get some things in order. And what this happened is these people who were following all these things came to a realization that Jesus is the one and only. That Jesus is the only thing worth following. And they came, they laid down all those things, they burnt it, they gave it away, they sold it. And what happens is that the people came to know God fully, that Jesus became their number one in their lives. So we have that picture of idolatry right there. We have another picture of idolatry later in Acts chapter 19, and this is from Demetrius and the silversmiths, okay? I don't know about y'all, that sounds like a band from like the 70s or 80s, okay? It sounds like a band that had like a one-hit wonder, you know the song, but you don't know who sings it, Come on, Eileen. All right, you know what I'm saying? So, so here's what's going on with Demetrius and the silversmiths. We're going to pick up in verse 23. It says, About that time there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. And Paul's right there. I just want to say how cool it is in the book of Acts that there's this moment where they start calling Christianity the way. Do what? That's, uh, yeah, I was, that's the Star Wars thing, right? Yeah. I'm cool. I'm hip. This is the way, guys. Not even like, anyways, <laughs> about that time, there was no little disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen in similar trades and said, men, you know from this business we have our wealth. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but all, in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger, not only that this trade of ours may come into dis disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing, and that she may even be deposed from her magnificence, she whom all Asia and the world worship. When they heard this, when they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Verse 29, So the city was filled with confusion. They rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in travel. So kind of summarize this. Here's these guys. 
that their whole lives are devoted to building little trinkets and toys for this goddess that they serve, okay? And what's happening is now that people are coming to know Christ, now that people are turning away from other gods and following the way, because this is the way, Andrew, because they're doing all of this stuff, what's happening now is this guy's business, this guy's livelihood, this guy's goddess that he has served is now struggling mightily. And so we have this moment, okay, we can turn and follow Jesus, but these guys, they hold tight to their God, little g. They hold tight to their goddess. They hold tight to their faith. They hold tight to their job. They hold tight to their business. They hold tight because his wealth is tied up there. His reputation is tied up there. This goddess that he served is tied up there, and he doesn't let go. And what happens is that they begin this giant riot through the city of Ephesus. It says in verse 29, says the city was filled with much confusion. Guys, listen to me. When we follow gods of the world, when we follow idols of the world, when we find our treasure in the ways of this world, it will lead us to confusion. It will lead us to confusion. It will lead us to difficulty. Our idols will leave us empty and confused, but God alone will leave us fulfilled, okay? That there is a right way, there is a right thing to follow in this world. But the question is, for all of us, is that we have to choose who we will follow. We have to choose who is going to be our idol. We have to choose who is going to be our treasure. Eyes and ears right here for just a second, y'all. Listen, you're getting to the age, and some of you are at that age, where you're starting to understand things for yourself. You're starting to be able to think about things for yourself. You're starting to be able to make some of your own decisions. You're starting to be able to hammer out who you're going to be for the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life, okay? Guys, you're at the point of your life now that what your parents think about Jesus does not define you. That what I, what Pastor Kevin, what JJ, what we think about Jesus does not define you. Guys, the choice is yours. The choice is yours, and you have to decide for yourself in this world who you will follow. Jesus tells a story very similar to this, and we'll kind of close with this. In Matthew 13, verse 44, I believe, he tells a parable about a guy who, who is looking for this treasure in life. He's searching for the great treasure of his life. And what he says is there's a man who goes out in this field and he finds a treasure. And in his joy, he goes and he sells everything he has. Every penny. I can see this guy going back to his hut, going back to his house, going through couch cushions, going through the little cup of change that your parents keep in your car, you know what I'm saying? Like going through the camel bags, looking for change. Sells everything he has, every resource, everything, to buy the field because the field is where the treasure is. Guys, listen to me. What you treasure in this life, the treasure that you will follow, will define who you will become, who will define what you will do, will define all these things. And so what he does is he buys the whole field because that's where the treasure is. Now listen to me. In life, let's think about life as this field, okay? That field is, is a giant field, but there's one treasure in it. And I imagine that, like, kind of like this trash bag, kind of like all this, like there's things that we don't like in life, right? Guys, just like in that field, there are weeds, right? There, there are probably rocks. There's probably, you know, little bugs, creepy crawlies, all those things. There's trash, there's all that stuff, right? But listen to me. All those things we can make through, we can ride out, we can be resilient against those things because there's a great treasure there. 
okay? Y'all listen to me. This life is hard. This life is going to get harder for you. In the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years, this life will be difficult. But there is a treasure in this life, that there is a treasure and idol that you can have in our Heavenly Father in God who can make all of that stuff bearable. They can make all of that stuff tolerable. Who can give you the strength, the endurance, the perseverance to make it through those things and to keep your witness and to make it through those things and have hope and to make it through those things and have joy. And guys, it's not going to be found in Alabama football. There's, in, on Saturday, there's going to be a group of 20-something-year-old kids that are going to take a field and for the majority of our state are going to dictate their happiness for the next few months. Taylor Swift is going to get old one day. Video games that we like now are going to get outdated later. You visit the beach enough times, eventually it's not going to be quite as magnificent anymore. Guys, you follow Jesus in this world, and he is a treasure that you can build your life upon. And he is a treasure that will leave you fulfilled. He is a treasure that will leave you joyful. He is a treasure that will change your life for the better moving forward. And guys, ultimately, like we said, that is a choice that you have to make for yourself. I can't make that decision for you. Mom and dad cannot make that decision for you. The question is, who will you follow with your life? Hey, if you want to talk more about that, I would love to talk to you later on at the Gaga Ball Pit, at Halo Ball. Your small group leaders would love to talk to you about that thing. But guys, build your life on a treasure worthwhile. And when you do that, tell others about a treasure worthwhile. Where are you headed, guys? The mission field, right? Where are you headed? Where are you headed? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. God, we thank you that you are an awesome God, that you are a great treasure. God, as we, as we looked at some of these things, God, there's never been a vacation spot, a, a movie star, a, a pop star, a sports team or anything who has loved us like you loved us to send your son to die for us. And God, there you are somebody who is worthy to follow, who is worthy to worship, worthy to praise. And God, I pray for my friends, I pray for my brothers and sisters here, God, that that is a decision that they will make to follow you. God, that years from now that they can look back and say that they followed you for all the days of their life and it has been worth it because, God, you are worth it, Lord. God, bless our small group discussion time. Thank you for our leaders. Thank you for our tech team. Thank you for everybody. Thank you for our band. God, thank you for all those who allow us to be able to lift your name high in this place tonight. And I pray these things in your name. Amen.